Welcome to episode 394 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me, reportedly, allegedly, by him and him alone. He's worn this sweatshirt four weeks in a row now. (laughs) I'm saying it's bullshit. It's Russell John the Fisherman. Hi, how are you doing? Gucci is how the kids would say it. I'm getting a weird energy from you today. Why? I don't know. You're like happy. You're being goofy. I'm. Let me tell you something, brother. That's the vibe I give off in life. Well, what's up with all the itching, though? What? what? I haven't even <laughs> introduced all the players today, dude. And you're going to come in here casually and make fun of this ailment that may or may not take my life. Uh-huh. Also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, with what the hell is that ice cream cone garbage <laughs> on your shirt, Randy Michael Stan? That's me. This is a uh, Doughboys podcast t-shirt. It's a, uh, it's a oh. classic uh, ice cream cone, like a soft serve. And inside the ice cream, it says vanilla is a flavor. Randy, <laughs> now we've been, you've been on microphone. We've been talking for about 20 minutes for the show. Did you, did yes, you sir? have... Did you have the, the, the North Face zipped up and then you just exposed it right before? Or am no, I it's been unzipped. The entire time? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it's did, right now. I did lean back in my chair a little bit when you were doing your intro, though, so maybe that's what uh, drew attention. That's it. Well, it's, it's a very nice shirt. Russell, what do you think about his shirt? I think it's cute that somebody made Randy's slogan into his shirt. <laughs> vanilla is a flavor and vanilla is a race. Mm-hmm. Also joining us is Oksana Valeriyeva Osachi. Hi, Oksana. Please don't take that as any sort of racial tension. As I just, you know, vanilla, and then I threw in your, you know, my Eastern European, extremely European background. I I thought about it, but I wasn't going to mention it. But Russell, you also have a very European background. I do. Is that not right? I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that. No, I was just saying. (laughs) Didn't you say that y'all were talking about y'all could be cousins or some shit? (laughs) No. Yeah, you're not. talking about your, yeah, when you mentioned your dad and he's not Irish and then you're talking oh, about your stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because my Come dad's on, not bro. Irish, he's Jewish. Yeah. He's, Oy Eastern, he's Eastern Bloc Jewish. <laughs> Yesterday he was trying to roast me for something while wearing an Ireland shirt. Man, he's got, he's got no ground now. I'm just like, <laughs> why don't you take that shirt off, dude? <laughs> it's stolen valor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got a uh, 23 in me. I but I haven't that. sent it in the mail yet because I didn't know if I should while I have shingles or whatever <laughs> I have. I didn't know if it was going to like fuck up anything. Police are going to show up and take you away. <laughs> no, no, it's just, you know, it's like, hey, I'm Ken to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh who knew? God. You know, who knew? I don't know. Well, I don't. How does that relate? Did he have shingles? I'm just saying it could, uh, technology, man, you could throw off the ones and the zeros. I don't know what's going on, man. (laughs) They're going to think you're a Yeti or something. Randy knows about that. Randy, what's the one thing in tech, brother? Bugs. (laughs) Randy's, Randy's an exterminator. That's what he is. Speaking of exterminators, I did have another lizard in my house yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) For, I don't know if the lizard's going to get it, but it, you glitched when you said lizard. <laughs> they won't. And it sounded like T-Pain saying lizard. Um, Randy, Russell, T-Pain is a recording artist that the kids love. He does the auto-tune. Damn it. Why'd you say that? I'm here to help. You stomped on my, my it's too late now, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
Randy, lot lizards don't count. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Again, that is a uh, woman of the night who hangs out in rest stops built for trucks. They're uh, quite classy. Wasn't there a lot lizard documentary we tried to watch? That- I watched it. Yeah. I believe I was homesick one day and I was going through Amazon Prime trying to look That's for what gritty documentaries. That was a long, long time ago. It was a boring documentary, yeah. too. I think I talked about it on here. You did. You can probably, probably look it up. Episode it in, three. Throw it in Spotify. No, because we were living here. So it must what? have been. Yeah, we were living here. Are you sure? Positive. There's right. a, another movie called Lot Lizards that came out this year. All right. Not a documentary. <laughs> oh, give it to us. Is Meg Foster in it? Shots fired. All right. Well, all right. If, I mean, honestly, if you're doing a lot lizard, uh, you know, motion picture, that's a uh, you know, not a documentary. Mm-hmm. Meg Foster's got to be a part of that picture. <laughs> <laughs> what is she? The brothel owner? She she runs the porta potty where all the lot lizards. No, I'm get just their... saying. Like that's who are you gonna get? I don't know. I don't Better. know. Lot lizards don't have. You gonna rich... ugly up Charlize again? Lot lizards don't have beautiful eyes like that. They have to move independently. Of no, each no, other. no, 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 no. They absolutely can, brother. You know the beauty is in the flaws. <laughs> All right. You know some. It's something took a wrong turn. Meg Foster has the skin of like a cracked, dry desert. She has the skin of of you know. A person that should be running the center. <laughs> She's still too young. She's got that Pelosi skin. Remember, remember that beautiful moment in the first Goodnight Mommy where the kids are like moving through the weird mud ground? The best part of that movie. That's her skin. <laughs> anyway, okay, no more being mean to Meg Foster. No more lot lizards. There's important information. I... Uh, Where's the stinger? I knew we've been waiting for it. Oh, I, I got audio for you. Oh, do we need some news? Oh, where is my... There it is. There, turn up. You know, my favorite part of you playing any stinger is you navigating <laughs> audibly. Oh, where is it? Here it is. All right, here. We're playing the stinger. I have, there to, I have to paint the picture because I'm surrounded it. by monitors. All of them touch screen. Please continue. And I don't know where the button is ever because I color coded them depending on my mood that day. <laughs> so if you look at this thing, oh. you'd think there's a pattern, but there's nothing. I helped do a film festival with you. I know about your color coding oh, systems. My God. I am a, a joy. Um, Unbelievable to decipher. Anyway. Wait, what does that mean? Your color coding systems make no goddamn sense. Oh, well, first off, let me point out you're colorblind. <laughs> it doesn't help. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. I don't need... You have 19 different colors, My dude. spreadsheets are ingenious. That's why me and Randy get along so well. Oh, don't look at me. Okay. So, this is important news relating a former guest. One, one who changed my life, honestly. Because I play Dead by Daylight every day now for around three hours. And that game... Cool, Dad. Fanta- oh, dude. My boy's there with me. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's just asleep in my arms while I'm playing Dead by Daylight. Trying to earn a scholarship. And uh, I love it because, of course, I'm talking about Sam Barlow, who changed the way I think of video games. Well, did he? Our, he really did. That's and again, I man, I was talking to um, Ilan Sheedy, Uncle Frank Productions. We were having a meeting. Uh, I'm trying to rope him into doing another Unnamed Footage Festival round of art. And... We got, God, we ended up talking about IPs and like narrative now, just like, you know, like the Marvel thing. 
for like oh, an hour and a half. And I felt so guilty. I was like, I hope you know I've enjoyed this conversation, but I feel like I've wasted your time as he's in the middle of developing a video game. But um, Sam Barlow uh, nominated for three game awards. Did you end up watching the, the game awards 2022 that happened two days ago? No. Nominated for uh, best performance, best narrative and best game direction. He didn't win anything. Well, uh, but that's, you know, I feel like that's kind of on brand for this show. We're always rooting for the underdog. It's insane that he was even acknowledged. Who won? Um, who won best game of the year? Well, I'm glad you asked. It was Elden Ring, another game that um, Sam Barlow talks a lot about. Never heard of it. Um, Elden Ring is kind of like, oh, man, how do I describe it to you? You've never played like a Morrowind or Elder Scroll or like. Skyrim. Is English going to come in this conversation? Anymore? Imagine Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Um, yep. But there's no... Imagine Grand Theft Auto, but it doesn't tell you where to go. Cool. And it's just an open... It's kind of like when you play it online. GT, yeah. You pick what you want to do. Love it. And um, there's story there, but it's kind of built in visually. Like, if you go into a restaurant, you look around and it tells a story. Like, it's it's very narrative um, heavy for you. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Can I run guns in it? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that is currently what I'm doing in GTA 5. Um, but you won't have the problem like Cyberpunk did where the story is garbage. Like very like uninteresting cool guy shit in a world. It's kind of like The Purge where The Purge had so many opportunities yet they picked one of the most boring stories to tell. But in Elden Ring, you don't have that problem because there is no story they're telling. You're just kind of engaging with the world how you want. So it won, and he, I mean, you could hear him talk about it. Sam loved the game, so I'm sure he's not uh, not shocked or, you know, hor- horrified by not winning. Who cares? This man, he, he does. Oh, he's he fantastic. Play, he plays the game. He Again, what he's doing. Immortality is available on that Netflix app for free if you have a um, Netflix account. So play the fucking game. I keep talking about it. It's the one true found footage game. Play it. Anyway, I brought this up because I found a clip that I thought you would like. So I'm going to play a clip really. It's a short one. It's um, one of the developers for Elden Ring accepting an award. You'll hear that up top. Very short. Then you'll go into a live streamer who was capturing this. And then one of the guys, you know how whenever people accept an award, there's 10 people on stage. One of the little uh, more interesting one walks up and gets on the mic and says something very weird. And I pulled this because, Clark, I thought you would love it. So here, I'm going to play that right now. And we create the games we want to create and do our best because of you. Um, thank you so much. I think if if God of War Ragnarok came out just a few months earlier, it hey, would have Martin. a bigger chance. You know, real quick, I want to thank everybody and say that I think I want to nominate this award to uh, my Reformed Orthodox Rabbi Bill Clinton. Thank you, everybody. Uh. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> what? Just, Reformed Orthodox Bill Clinton. I, I just know. heard Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. I don't know what happened, but you know, when I was trying, so many people were commenting on immortality, not getting anything. And I think a lot of people didn't even know what it was. They're like, oh, this got nominated for a bunch, but it didn't get anything. And I found that clip and I'm like, I think Clark would have more it's fun. It's the Susan Lucci of the gaming oh, world. God. <laughs> well, the other thing I want to mention briefly is that the four star, now, uh, the four star out here in San Francisco is remodeled and open. Uh, I went out there last night for day two. I think it's the third movie they've shown. 
And um, Randy, they demolished our little theater where we saw the void, dude. Really? Yeah. They um. So you walk in now. It's not completely done. You walk in immediately to the left. There's the popcorn and like beer area where you get all your goodies. And then that theater, that little tiny theater that we saw a poorly projected, uh, barely audible void is just yeah. gone. Like there's no remnants of a room. It's just a little art gallery now. So it kind of looks like, uh, what what is it? Like spokes or I can't think of any of the goddamn galleries out here. ATA. No, okay. ATA I'm eating the chocolate. Well, the ATA's got the TGI Friday vibe going, where there's shit all over the place. This looks TGI like, Friday. Yeah, you know how you walk in there, there's like a bicycle on if the wall. TGI Fridays was in hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologies to the ATA, but um, no, yeah. So you go in there, there's a little gallery area, and then to the left, you walk in. The floors are all redone. The bathrooms are beautiful, but there's just one little hallway broken up with the curtain, a heavy red curtain. David Lynch would love it. And you walk in there and there's that beautiful, there's that beautiful theater that um, nobody who lives in the Bay Area knows that they have. And it's redone. They got donated a couple of 35 millimeter projectors. So, dude. What, what are they running? Who? How much that cost? I have no idea. Randy, what's the price on a 35 millimeter uh, projector? I don't know. A couple thousand, maybe? Yeah. All right. <laughs> somebody look it up. Thinking double digit, maybe? I don't know. 10K? Maybe, I'm th- I'm guessing twelve. Call Charlie right now. <laughs> Why would he know? Why, he runs a movie house. He's the Phantom of the Stanford Theater. The Phantom <laughs> of the Stanford Theater's here. Also, shout out to Birdman. He's been hitting me up about Dead by Daylight. He said uh, one of his favorite Korean fishermen started st- randomly started streaming Dead by Daylight. Well, you're John the Fisherman. Dude, that is true. Russell, John, that is Sherman. So I went out there last night to watch Guiltless, but the four star is tight. If you're in the Bay Area, um, check out their calendar. They're doing the Balboa thing. So we got a one screener. One screen. How big? How big? uh, It's like 147. Okay. Dude, it's nice too. A lot of the Bay Area theaters. How are the seats? A lot of the San Francisco theaters, very narrow, Mm kind of like the Roxy, Little Roxy. This one's wide. Okay. It's it's a girthy theater. Oh boy! Um, the seats are comfortable, Jody. but they're not recliners or anything, okay. so they're kind of perfect for me. Okay. Also, cell phone, little spotty in there. You can still do it. It's perfect. Okay. So you're not fucking with your phone the whole time. But if you need to, you can make a emergency call. Okay. Also, it was pouring when we went. Could hear the rain in there, and I was like, I don't know if I hate this or love it. Yeah. At last night, I think uh, we decided we loved it. You though. loved it. It's a little romantic, isn't it? Yeah, it was tight. It was pretty nice. Now, let me ask you a follow-up question. How about the fire exits? Very accessible? Yeah. Actually, um, the little theater that they demolished, it, there's a fire exit. It kind of feels like the Castro, where it's like, oh, that door probably leads immediately to the alley right okay. here. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. All right. Uh, also, I appreciate your thoughtfulness in that uh, answer. I, I just <laughs> didn't know which way it was going to go. The one weird thing. Concessions? So here's the weird thing. Yeah. Uh, when you're waiting in line for a bathroom, perfect uh the bathrooms they're stalled like just private room but they do the weird thing where it's like if you got a close friend there and you're a dude you might be tempted to be like hey i'll use the toilet while you use the urinal because they have both in a are we both use the toilet together uh, right and it's kind of like you know have a couple beers you might just be down for it (laughs) and be like hey let's move this line along let me tell you something right now i'll cross swords with anybody here 
I, no, Oksana nobody, included. Nobody's put that on the table. Like, I'm just, I'm it. putting it on the table, baby. <laughs> there's, there's a urinal and a toilet in the same room. It's kind of like, let's just move this line along. Can I tell you? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't either. It's very, it's very, um, uh, gas station, uh, it's chic. weird. Yeah. It feels like wasted, um, uh, opportunity. Well, it feels like truck stop rapey. <laughs> Why? The bathroom's super, whatever. While you're waiting in line, though, you have a direct line to behind the concession stand, Ooh. which I would hate as an employee. Because, oh, you, you yeah. know, you're making popcorn and to your left, it's all the people waiting in the bathroom line. Now, popcorn situation, let's walk through it. We just got rag butter or we got a little kettle corn action. Oksana, you want to jump in there? <laughs> Regular butter. It's salted, so you don't need to add salt if you like really salty popcorn like me. I loved it. Yeah. But it, there's no kettle corn. Okay, I have a very dumb question. As you know, I do not do the popcorn. However... I appreciate its place in the movie world. Mm -hmm. Most people do not salt the popcorn. I don't know. Russell I don't. always looks at me like I'm crazy. I've, I, no, I'm saying, I'm saying the packets. vendor. I'm saying the vendor does oh, not. No. I have no idea. No, they don't salt it for you. Some of them don't even put butter on it for you. I look at her like she's crazy because her pockets are filled with little packets of salt. <laughs> I have some in my oh. wallet too. In your wallet? <laughs> that's why i look i'm like what are you doing and she'll stop she'll like pause me from getting popcorn to be like hold on and then yeah. she'll like shake her little <laughs> it's salt better with it. a little salt because not all of the butter is salted this is why you had here. high blood pressure and we were in the hospital for a week <laughs> probably <laughs> also that and all the russians eat is mayonnaise oh my god that's not true <laughs> it's that's pretty true no it's true how much mayo do you eat Almost none. I, yeah. I don't. I'm out. It's as a. It's a joke. <laughs> it's in the diet. No, they eat beets. What's it? It's Any shit. <laughs> shit in your hand salad. Whatever it's called. <laughs> Two birds in the hat salad. Whatever um, the fuck. So yeah, the four stars. Fantastic. It's like tuna and mayonnaise and Jello or whatever the hell. If you come out here in the San Francisco area, look them up too. They need Two to be pennies in a pot. It's something like that. They need to be yeah, added the to the fish rotation. In a blanket or whatever. Fishing on blanket. <laughs> I, pigs going. I'm gonna blanket. turn off both of your mics. What the hell are you talking <laughs> about? Fish don't go in a blanket. Oh, who wants a wet blanket? <laughs> All right. See, that's what the Russians eat: wet blankets. <laughs> what? <laughs> you see, your boy Zelensky got Person of the Year. Oh my! From who? Time. Yeah. Who cares? Sam Barlow, Person of the Year. Move on. <laughs> um. All right, we I'll got sign a, off on that. We got a lot today, oh. so it's herring in a fur coat. Herring in a fur. <laughs> oh my god! You know all, all of the random shit that Clark said was like kind of hacky, pseudo entertaining. What the? None hell? of none of it was disgusting. That <laughs> is fucking gross. It's a weird translation. There's no fur coat <laughs> or fish. Which one? Yeah, there's fish. <laughs> Yeah, fur should be anywhere near <laughs> food type. Well, uh, ironically, the fish they're eating is herring. And I was happy. <laughs> okay, all right, we got this idiot outside. He's been grumpy. Um, anybody want to do a David Lynch intro? Randy hasn't done one. Yeah, Randy, uh, pump him up. Like, I know the, like... What was he, Hans and Franz? Incel cinephiles out there like you that love vanilla and defend it as a flavor. They really love David Lynch, so do a good job, please. Right, he's an outsell, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you know, one of the uh, the best the best directors we got. He hasn't made anything for many years, and probably still won't. Um, his last season of Twin Peaks: The Return was uh, fantastic, but um, I don't think he's got anything else for us yet. 
Okay. Damn. David, come on in. Good morning. It's December 11, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'm once again headed to one of the dining cars where I'm going to get hot coffee, great hot coffee, and another piece of pie. And today, in one of the work cars, I'm going to be working on the computer. (laughs) Everyone, have a great day. Wait, what, dude? Okay. That got me. (laughs) So not weird that I almost choked on my tea. Computer. Oh, uh, other important note today. Um, Thank you again, David. I broke my coffee thing. I've had coffee for the first time in the form of a McDonald's caramel frappuccino. Not worth it. Really coffee. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't even count. I'm not counting that. It counts. That is, I'm not counting that. I don't know. If we had a bet that I couldn't drink coffee. There may started- be like two beans worth in there, dude. <laughs> also, December 11th, the other day known as Marble's birthday. Shout out to Marble's. Happy birthday. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Happy R.I.P. day. Um, it counts as a coffee. Dude, does it taste like coffee? Well, I have the guilt. Like I, like I, you should be more worried about all the fucked up sugar in there. Oh, dude. As I'm eating chocolates and drinking <laughs> Dr. Pepper. All right. I think um, I got one more thing up top. You ready? Boy, I had a, I had a big breakfast today, too. From McDonald's? No. Oh, because their big breakfast is not big. No, from the Millbrae Pancake House, baby. Oh, what? Delivered? Yeah. Oh, shit. They own, Life U- hack. They own Uber Eats now, dude. Damn, you know. Also, if, you, uh, if you've never used Uber Eats before, guess what? They give you $30, so breakfast was free. What? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, life hack. Sorry, because I, I said life hack, it reminded me we um, to go to the another Hole in the Head Festival at the Four Star. Yeah. We dropped off Cliff at my parents' house, and my Cliff is who? Uh, our Cliff son. Booth. He's the one we found on the street and decided to name. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he. Uh, so that nine month street. My fucking my my dad was so excited. He's like, "Hey, your right? Irish dad." Yeah, my Irish dad. My once Irish dad. He was like, "You got a package? Open it. Open it up. Open it." And I'm like, "It looks like a fucking Amazon package." And they're like, "Here, open it." And I'm like, "What is this?" So he's got a rich friend. He's a rich friend now. He's like, she got you guys a, a baby present, a, a baby shower. It's like so late. And we're like, okay, fine. So Oksana opens it. There's like a parenting hack book. It's like parenting hack. It's like, okay. And then what was the other thing? It was a baby's first Christmas, um, like one of those little blanket toys. Yeah, it looks like a handkerchief with like Rudolph's head on it. Hell yeah. And she was like, okay, th- these are nice. And my dad <laughs> grabbed the bag, opened it up, and like shook it out. Like, <laughs> like you know, you do with the card from grandma. And he went, what? That's it? All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. I was like, what did you think was going to be in there? A Rolex? What the hell? It's like a Roseanne episode. Dude, for real. <laughs> I was. It felt so gross, but like funny too. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Um, are you good? And ain't that America? You know, because you know what time it is, right? To pump it up. 
the TBR Report. Brought to you by Perry Harbor Hot. This week, I have to recommend a British conspiracy film called Occult Angel from 2018. I would say it's like if Lunopolis and Tangled Web birthed a child in the sense that they're all funny, campy, and rather original. Synopsis. Sorry, I had to burp. It's weird. Also, I do these cold reads, so it's just like, you know, I'm just rolling <laughs> with it. So. Synopsis. Beautiful, mysterious, the occult history, Jack Angel. I'm assuming the occult historian. No, the occult- dude, I did that same thing when I first read it. Me too. The occult history, Jack. I, I, I am. Uh, Jack Angel Inc. uncovers in the city of Bath is astonishing, but the discoveries become increasingly creepy and disturbing, and the final revelation will change the way you see the world. This film was made by Andy Roberts between 2008 and 2018. In 2015, after a breakdown, he recut the footage, adding disturbing messages and hidden clues. First, let me say by saying that the film's flaws are worn very much on their sleeve, both in terms of the acting and its use of the $25,000 budget. But let's forget all that and say that you're sitting down watching this late at night with a group of close friends or you're in the mood to really focus and pay attention. Then I'll say this might just be the hidden gem in the sand you've been searching for. Well, at least that's how it felt for me going back and revisiting this now for the fourth time. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It hangs just about at 60 minutes in total runtime. Yet the crazy thing is, despite being so short, there are some very powerful moments captured here, and it almost goes without question that their location usage around England was covered rather eloquently. I just think overall this should take a couple by surprise. And hey, the good news is if you didn't like it, just watch it three more times like I did, and it's guaranteed to work. Unfortunately, I'm just kidding. But the more unfortunate thing is, is that Occult Angel is rather difficult to track these days. So if you're scrolling through the streamers and happen to catch it up for a short period of time, then please don't sleep on it. I've seen this little I've seen this title come and go quite a few times since its initial release. Let me know what you think. Solve the riddle with me, comma, Tommy B. This is the only place I could find it. I checked the link following before sending. It works on my end. I'm not gonna read the link. <laughs> Two attachments scanned by Gmail. You skipped the heart. And there's a butt heart. Yeah. Um so welcome to the TBR report. I realized now I didn't set it up. So if you're new here, Clark just read an email from Thomas Burke. He's our found footage adventurer. He's out there scanning the dark web, trying to find overlooked found footage films, in-world camera, mockumentary. What's up? You got a question? No, I just remembered a segment I did after this. Okay. We're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and uh, Tom dug up a doozy this week. Uh, what Clark just, it's funny. Now I'm sitting across from Clark. He's got his sunglasses on. He's very relaxed. This email was like smelling salt to you. It was so long. Because you like, you jolted up for a minute. I thought you were going to take the glasses off to get a better look at it. Um, it was difficult. Tom's a little excited here. And, you know, he compares it to a couple of films that uh, we've covered on here before. Lunopolis being a mockumentary that's humor forward. And a Tangled Web, which is an indie film that is very funny, unintentionally. I, you know, Tom, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here. Occult Angel, man, it's weird. And I've I've been trying to think of how I would set this thing up. Um, so it opens up with basically the synopsis that he he gave us, where it's like 
hey, uh, Andy Roberts was making a movie <laughs> between 2008 and the present. And in 2015, he had a breakdown and recut the footage. He's included secrets in there. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Then you come into the movie and imagine a traditional talking head documentary, except the in-betweens, like the interstitial and the B-cut, the B-roll is all like ghost adventures, like very heavily edited, very, um, uh, a lot of like, uh, God, what's an example? This hotel was built on a medieval burial ground. And then they cut to like, um, Google images of like occult shit. And then there's like, they're doing the cork board with yarn string kind of thing where it's like here here there's a lot of this like a lot of deep occult they're like saint michael he was known for slaying serpents we've been seeing serpent and it's like a lot of that and then in between it there's like cinema verte of um kind of american movie style serious characters who are just hilarious and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say this movie it really felt like monty python to me but but now now what you might be imagining is like holy grail and it's written comedy it's not though it's like the first time you caught um the monty python tv show and you're like what is this like i'm not sure like is it comedy it's so dry but it 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 doesn't seem like it's comedy you're talking about flying circus yeah it has that kind of vibe where nobody in the show is giving you any kind of hint that they're joking. So it does feel a little bit like an indie horror where you're That's like British humor. You're like, I'm laughing, right? But here's the thing. The editing, now juxtapose that British dry humor, but it's not. It's not like written jokes. It's just like funny situations with serious people. Okay. But the editing in between is like ghost adventures. So you're like, wait a minute, what is happening here? Then you get a little bit of like narration in between cuts from the cameraman which is an interesting thing i haven't seen in a lot of found footage also there's images of the cameraman like imagine just a regular photo of him kind of boring hipster looking guy but then they put glowy eyes on him and his face starts stretching and they play this all the time and you're just like wait what the fuck is happening while they're harassing a dude at his work he's he owns a pub and they follow him home and there's a lot of like fun cinema verte shit I'm going to go ahead, Tom, and I'm going to say I really like this movie. Um, It's an hour long. It kind of feels long, though, because there's so much information and I couldn't help but try and like actually take it in, which is not what this movie's about. Um, Yeah, at one point I made a comment to Oksana where I'm like, dude, I love the like construction of this movie. And she looked at me and she's like, what the hell does that mean? And I, I really think it's that editor-auteur thing where just the craft of what all this footage, because it's not like a movie. It's not like we got together and filmed something. It's like, hey, Clark, let's go next door and we're going to film around this alley. With cauliflower ear? But we're going to tie it together with a bunch of Google searches. Love it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I really dug a cult angel. Um, Tom's not wrong. It pops up and disappears everywhere. Currently, we have a link to where the fuck? What? Where did that link take us? I can't remember what it was. So you know what? Look, movie or something. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw that in um, on Twitter so people can watch it, and I'll, I'll put it up in Discord. But I feel a little weird about it because who knows how long that will be live? This one's good, man. Clark, I think you might actually dig this movie. Um, good job, Tom. I don't know how you keep finding this weird shit. It's like, 
this movie is entertaining. And you would think that the found footage community would at least, you know, it'd be a name you'd know. Um, I don't know. I, I really recommend this one. So I don't know. Check it out. We'll throw the link up on Twitter. This concludes the TCR I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I tried to watch Skin of Marine. Oh, yeah. You couldn't do it? I got 40, 30-something. Hey, congratulations, dude. Something. I get it. Yeah. I get what they're doing. Not for me. Dude, you... I, again, I don't mean this in a mean way, but you making it that far is a... Uh, you should get a badge of endurance. I know your attention span, and I know you probably had a phone in front of you and shit. Here's the like, thing. It's going, it would only work if I am trapped in a theater. Yeah, if you're locked to a chair with your eyes. It, clockwork horns. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I could do it. But it, then uh, here's, here's my counter to that. I don't think it would work because you'd probably be thinking about your eyes being latched open or how uncomfortable the chair was. Where that movie, I had problems where I'm like, oh, dude, my mind is wandering. And I knew that film would really benefit from just being locked in. I just, I couldn't, you know. But I think, I think maybe The Wandering may be part of it too. It is. It, it has to be. Because here, so my recommendation. It's, it's just, it's too long. Like last, dude, but that's makes part, it of, part it. of the thing. I get it's it. It's an hour 40, Which man. makes me repel against it. I get it. I, I understand what you're doing. I, there is an appreciation. And also from the bottom of my heart. Fuck off. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, a dude who makes a movie like that would probably be like, good. I'm glad you don't. Sure. Like it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. I'd, I'd be the same way. Yeah, I know. We all yeah. would. That's, of course. Yeah. It's part of the game, baby. So here's Welcome the thing. to episode 394. <laughs> watch Heck. Now, I only say that because you went in there and you said it's not for me. So watch Heck. It's a half hour long. Any montages. Um, it, there, I will dude, use there, that joke again. There's camera movement. It's almost like found footage in the first 10 minutes where there's like a camera moving through a hallway. Yeah. It completely feels, it feels like a step removed. Also, um, again, if you're in pursuit of the enigma and you like kind of figuring out what this movie's about, mm -hmm. heck will just kind of give you a lot of clues. Also, there's a really hacky thing in heck. Yes. Where there's a passage of time that keeps popping up like day eight and it gets up to like day 10,000 and you're like, oh. what are we doing here? So don't watch Heck if you want to watch Skin Marink. But now that you've opted out, watch Heck and you'll be like, okay, I know, I know what that movie is. 10,000. Randy, that's half a Nick Cave, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> boom. Vanilla is a flavor. <laughs> and Missionary is the best position. I ain't going to argue with you there, brother. <laughs> Missionaries for Christ. Now, before we throw it to Randy Michael, uh, I do want to bring Randy Michael into the into the fold here. Unfortunately, I can't bring you two clowns into the fold because Peace. you didn't you didn't participate in your mom's house live mm -mm. with Bobby Lee. Yeah, it was the Christmas episode. How was it? Can I tell you? First of all, the first thing I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to let Randy do the honors. Randy, why don't you go ahead and Wait, Randy watched it? Randy watched it. This Why, is you're a Bobby one. Lee fanboy? I like Bobby Lee. I like your mom's house. Well, the podcast, I haven't seen any of the live ones until uh, this time. And he's also never been to your uh, mother's house. We should have like, ah, uh, okay. I'm bummed now. You should be. 
Randy, continue. I don't, I don't know what else you want me to say about it. It was my first time watching one. Uh, yeah, Bobby Lee was on, and uh, yeah, the towards the end, the their their heavy segment they call it. Uh, I had to not watch a lot of it because there's a lot of uh, gross body stuff that I couldn't couldn't deal with. Randy, didn't you fall asleep during the whole thing? Because I I text you and you never text back. And I dozed like, for like ten minutes, maybe. Okay, because I was like oh, over an hour in. And then I woke up and there was still like another 30 or so left. So I think I only like dozed for like maybe five or 10 minutes. Oh my God. Um, this was the, the heaviest stuff in my opinion uh-huh. that they've shown. Uh, now, as far as their, their um, production work, some of the best stuff they've done. They had a, a full on Christmas choir uh, singing horrible, horrible uh, Christmas tunes that were, you know, all centered around, uh, you know, their very incestuous uh, empire they have, where you know it's all the key phrases from their own, you know, sort of uh, curated whack pack. And they also had a cartoon which they made and produced, and it was like um, a Christmas Carol, but with all their crazy characters like Robert Paul Champagne. Um, fucking, uh, the crime dog. What, what, uh, the meth guy. He's great. He's dead. I can't think of his name right now, but it was great. It was real funny. And, uh, Bobby Lee was great. Bobby Lee almost walked off the show because he was, uh, you know, here's why I didn't like all the stuff. First of all, they had this thing where a guy, he put something up his butt. I, I couldn't watch it, but it was so much blood. Mm-hmm. so much blood yeah it was not fun what was fun was the guy who kept putting christmas lights into his penis hole and then turned the light on and then it illuminated and then he jerked off that was fun what was not fun was the segment the first time he's ever done this russell real death mm-hmm. uh and it was all cut it was all industrial accidents of people at their jobs, and it was cut to the tune of Dolly Parton's working nine to five. Okay. Um, I, I don't like seeing people die, and I don't like people, I don't like people dying on the clock, mm-hmm. especially. It just feels wrong. Um, one guy, I mean, one poor guy got his head clean chopped off, the top of his head mm-hmm. chopped off. Oh, shit. Was that on a movie set? Was <sighs> it a helicopter involved? Vic Morrow <laughs> was there. Um, Oh, I'm sad I missed the film a uh, bit. In there. Yeah, I, I I think I'm tapping out after this one. All it right. was great. It was fun. I don't need to watch those things. Good. I don't like them. I'd have to make fun of you. So if you I didn't. didn't. I, I, I don't like them. Um, well, I may have to jump back in. Well, who's who's going to be on the next one? James Dobbin Jones? Oh, could be. Director of Charlotte's Net? No, I bet it's uh, <laughs> Sam Bankman Freed. Who's going to join? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The, right. e- the XTC guy. Who's that? FTX, FTX guy. Oh, <laughs> what did oh. I say? <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get it right. I think you said BMX. The BMX I guy. Like the XTC. I had no idea what I said. That's what he should start doing. I, was, I just tried to get three letters in there. I knew T and X and C maybe were in there, and I tried to say them very quickly. <laughs> you just tried to flub it and hope I just That's went right. with it. I you know, no from idea. the WCW. Yeah. Nope, no idea. All right. Really? I dude, I've been unplugged. He stole like a billion dollars and everybody's like, What's going on? I've been and then he goes on and gets interviewed and he's he's shaking his leg. Yeah. I've been in a good mood. 
We found a baby on the street. We named him. We're keeping him. And I have not been listening to the news. It's fantastic. Don't do it. Yeah. And it's rainy. And I love the rain, too. I hate the rain. Randy, tell us about the rain and your movies. Uh, we've had some rain here today and uh, kind of like every other day this this week. So, yeah, I've just been uh, inside most of the time. Is that grass looking good? How about your leaf situation? I know we've talked about that in the past. Less leaves. A lot of the leaves have already fallen off the trees. Uh, yeah, so th- that that situation's good. Uh, I'm sure the grass will look nice once there's uh, some sun out. But yeah, it's been uh, gloomy for the last couple weeks. Sky's gray, huh? All the leaves are brown? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> You're in Georgia, not California. Beach Boys. All right, Randy, what'd you say not this the week? the Beach Boys. The that's, Mamas and the Papas. the Mamas and the Papas. <laughs> <laughs> Not the boys, the the parents. The pair, of course. The boys, they just want to have fun. I really like that song and too. Girls. It's really embarrassing. You're the, uh, you know, they play it for the um, California Millions. Uh, they they do like the jackpot the commercials. Oh, really? Yeah. And, <laughs> but it's like it's like the choir version. What the fuck? It's pretty good. They really uh, pull at those poor people. Oh, was that strings. the? I think it was radio. It was a radio spot. That's what it was for the movie. No, it's oh, yeah. no Cuba. Gooding? Cuba yeah. See here. <laughs> Randy, save us. Yes, sir. I uh, saw a couple movies this week. I watched a uh, new movie by Joanna Hogg, who did um, The Souvenir, part one and part two. I saw uh, Randy, pronounced penis. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making this shit up, Randy? No, Joanna Hogg, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Souvenir Part 1 was was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then uh, Part 2 came out last year, I think. And for some reason, I just have not seen it yet. But um, she has a new one out called The Eternal Daughter uh, with Toto Swinton playing uh, two characters. And oh, yeah. the... So this kind of takes place in the Souvenir universe. Okay. I'm going to leave for a minute. <laughs> It's essentially like the same character that's in the souvenir part one, but grown up. Oh, but, that's uh, I heard that you don't need to see souvenir part one and or two to necessarily appreciate the eternal daughter. Interesting. So since I hadn't seen part two, I just said, ah, I'm just going to skip it and I'll go straight to uh, eternal daughter, which is only available to buy on um, iTunes and Amazon. But I, uh, I risked it. I think it was like 14 bucks. Okay, Randy, I'm I'm a little confused. So, who who was the same character in in the the souvenir, Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Uh, so in the movie, the souvenir, Tilda Swinton's daughter plays uh, a character whose name I'm uh, forgetting. But in it's the garbage. yeah, in the Eternal Daughter, Tilda Swinton plays the character that her daughter played in the Souvenir Part One. Oh, I understand. We're grown up. Uh, let me ask you, did she get vaccinated? Uh, probably, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> she says, don't call me eternal daughter. Don't call <laughs> me Swinton. So essentially, uh, this movie is, um, Julie is the character that uh, is played by Tilda Swinton. Uh, Julie and her mom uh, go back to, I guess this is where they used to live. It's this big old, like, gothic manor in the... I don't know, somewhere in, in Europe. Um, Do you like and, that, Randy? Would you like to live in a great gothic, you know, spread out there? Not really. 
<laughs> too big. There's, it doesn't seem to be much, uh, much city around them. It's kind of like in, uh, you know, in the woods, and uh, I kind of need a city close to me. You do, don't you? You need, you need your sidewalks. You need your bagels, your coffee, your smog. Yep, I'm a, I'm a city boy. Country but, mouse for long, dude. So yeah, they, they go back to this manor where they used to live and has now been converted into a hotel. And um, so... I was on IMDb. Oksana, can you pull this up on yours so you can do it with me? Mm-hmm. Um, now, normally whenever Randy's talking, I like to just bathe in Randy's voice. It's very soothing. I love it. And uh, I just click through all the images provided by IMDb. So in this one, I'm like, oh, it's kind of got like a horror movie cover. I'm into it. Kind of looks yeah. like an apartment uh, trilogy from Polanski. Click through. Like, oh, okay, they do this. They have the same poster up for multiple things. Don't know why they do that. And then there's a picture of her with the cake. It's kind of like that um, expressionism, like very German frame within a frame. Beautiful. Love the wallpaper. Click over. Oh, it's duality. She's looking out a window. I'm like, this is a very thoughtful movie. Then the last picture, number six of six, that guy. <laughs> there's a dude in a bowl cap or something with a selfie position. That's, that's a derby. He's in a derby. And I just I couldn't. I just wanted to show Clark. That's why I put up my hand. Yes. I was like, oh, Clark has to see this. That's shit. Very good. Dude, look. scroll down. Does it say his name? Dude, you're like going through all this like high art and then scroll down. It's like a blown out picture. August Joshi. August Joshi? Who's August Joshi? <laughs> oh, uh, the next guest on episode 397. <laughs> the Overlook Hour. He's the temporary son. He's in the uh, Spoons universe. Oh, dude, or whatever. August Joshi rips. <laughs> He's the He's... mini cab driver. What the oh, hell? What? Yeah! <laughs> they have a picture of the mini cab driver taking a selfie, probably not in character. Oksana, get his email. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Randy. I, I know that we just went down a long tangent here. but Also, Randy, we need to know how he was in the eternal <laughs> Uh But before we get to that, uh, I just want y'all to know, Tilda Swinton would. <laughs> what? Smash. Who would? Me. Okay. Yeah, you're into like gray alien looking broads. Uh, yeah, it's exotic. <laughs> I fucking don't like her. Nah. She, she, her and uh, Meg Foster are great character actors, though. I'd love to cast them in a like new lineup of monsters. All right, Randy, love it. What the hell? What? We were in the metaverse with you of A twenty four, right? This feels very A twenty four. This oh, whole it's A twenty four. Okay, it is. Yeah, AF. Uh, yeah, back to uh, Joanna Hogg's the Eternal Daughter. So yeah, as you can see from the uh, the pictures, uh, it's got like a great production design. It's very like kind of like creepy. There's a ton of fog outside, and fog is always. When it's captured well in movies, I Dude, would Hawk love that. <laughs> Did it remind you of home, Randy? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's shot on 16 millimeters, so it has a very grainy look. Um, oh. And yeah, I, it's very, it's kind of just like a sort of a lightly like a ghost story, haunted house type of movie. Um, but it also kind of just has to deal with the Tilda Swinton character and her mother, who is also played by Tilda Swinton, and kind of like their relationship. Um, and them kind of just like hanging out and uh, kind of just working out like relationship things. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's like 94 minutes. So it's like perfect, just uh, just a little over 90. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's got a great score that sounds very like Bernard Herrmann-esque as well. So a lot of, lot of good stuff uh, in here that really worked for me. Um, yeah, definitely give it a shot. I think it's 
also in some theaters right now. It's actually playing at the Plaza here in Atlanta. And I realized that after I already bought the movie on uh, iTunes. But yeah. I go see it again. Tight. Randy loves the hog. <laughs> he loves that kosher pig. <laughs> I still uh, I still need to see some of her other movies besides <laughs> Souvenir Part 2. I hear her other movies are really good as well. So oh. um, it's on the list. And speaking of the Plaza Theater in Atlanta, I went there last night with a buddy uh, who's in town and we saw the movie After Sun. How many buddies you got? Every weekend you try, you got a new buddy in town. What's going on, bro? You two-timing on us? No, it's the same person. He's uh, staying at his aunt's house a little bit outside of Atlanta. Um, so we've been hanging out the last couple weekends. And uh, yeah, we saw After Sun, which is a movie directed by Charlotte Wells. I believe this is her first uh, feature film. Um, stars Paul Mezcal and Frankie Corio. Paul Mezcal? And, uh, That's liquor, dude. <laughs> he's very good. I think he's in a lot of other things that I'm forgetting to... Uh, I'm forgetting right now, but he's great in this. Um, and Frankie Corio is his daughter in this movie. And he plays like a very young, like 30, like very early thirties, like father. Um, and they go to, I think they're like Scottish. Uh, so yeah, essentially they are, uh, on vacation. Like I said, he is a very young father and, um, I think him and his wife or girlfriend, uh, split up. And so he is taking, his daughter, who I think she's like 11 in the movie, they're on vacation at this like very, not like super nice resort, but they're on this like resort vacation um, in Turkey, I believe. And they are kind of like hanging Art? out in, in Turkey, I believe. Yeah, it's like a coastal, I believe, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know much about Turkey uh, besides the very overrated um, meal that you have at Thanksgiving. Okay, good, good. Um, but yeah, they're, so they have like a, a mini DV camera and they're shooting, uh, sort of their own little like vacation movies, um, as well. So you'll have like pieces of that interspliced with the just, you know, normal, uh, sort of like movie footage. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of also very similar to not very similar, but kind of similar to the eternal daughter, which is like a, uh, a relationship movie between sort of like this very, a uh, young child who is kind of starting to experience um, things differently and sort of like see her father a little differently. And he has some, I'm assuming, uh, alcoholism and or some sort of like mental health situations. Hell she, yeah. She uh, kind of like makes friends with some older kids at, at this resort and he like lets her go hang out with them uh, like without, you know, and he's just like come back in like an hour and whatever. And, uh, there's situations that you think might go bad or some something might happen. And it's kind of like a link later film, sort of. Like I remember there's like uh, scenes in boyhood where like it seems like he's getting in a uh, sketchy situation, but then like nothing bad actually happens. Um, but yeah, it's a very quiet movie. It's very just like internal, kind of like it doesn't say a lot about like what they're experiencing, but I think you can really, if you're really into it and you uh, kind of like get on the movie's vibe. It's uh, it's pretty emotional. There's like a lot of like beautiful moments of them on vacation, but there's some other like kind of tough moments um, as well. And then there are a couple scenes that are 
take place, I believe, in the future, uh, but they also kind of seem like dreams a little bit. Um, that kind of gives you a little more um, to chew on, kind of, and it's kind of like um, her kind of thinking about her relationship with her father, like, um, and how, like, their experiences on this vacation and stuff, but um, yeah, I think it's like an hour 45 or something like that, but um, I, I really dug it. Um, I think, you know, it'll be maybe challenging for some people that aren't really into kind of like quieter, slower movies. Um, but it was really good. And yeah, it was at the, one of the smaller theaters at the plaza. I think there's like maybe 45, like 50 seats. Um, and I've never seen more than like six people in that theater. I think it was almost sold out. There was like maybe two or three empty seats, um, which I was kind of, kind of surprised by, but, um, it's been showing up, I think on a bunch of like critics top 10 lists and stuff. So I think, uh, mm. the film heads are, uh, going out to see it. We love yeah. the film heads over here at the Overlook Hour. <laughs> Randy, what do you rate it? How many stars? Uh, I gave both Eternal Daughter and After Sun four. Ooh, it's pretty strong from Randy Michael Russ. Yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm into this one. I think I might watch it. What's the name of this one? After Sun. And Randy's saying it might be challenging if you don't like a slow, quiet film. Yeah, put it but next to the Skin of a Rink. I watched Skin of a Rink. I made it through, so I think I can handle this sure. one. This one looks like it has a lot of movement, <laughs> which is the thing Skin of a Ring didn't. So. If Ethan Hunt ain't in it, I ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What do you got for us today? We doing another round of surprises? or Randy, is that it? You got anything else? It's the last call. Uh, no, that is it. I, I, I saw another movie, but I'll save it in case I don't have anything next week. Oh, look at this, Mr. Trickle Down Economics over here. I don't know if that's applicable. You know, it may work. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Well, I can't explain it. Uh, I didn't go to the doctor, but I think I have shingles, and I have itched all week again. Uh, I had shingles 10 years ago, and my body just started. At least it didn't happen in my scalp like last time and on my face. Uh, but my arms and my torso... Uh, it has just been unpleasant and irritating for nine days now. Very annoying. So that's why I don't go out because sometimes I just need to be in my room shirtless screaming. Not really, but shirtless. But I'm mostly shirtless because I'm a man in my bedroom where my wife sleeps, where my children come and play with their toys. What movie is that from? I have no idea. The Godfather. Oh, yeah, my favorite film. Well, my children, come and play with their toys. I watched a documentary about Jesslane Maxwell on Netflix called Jesslane Maxwell, Filthy Rich. Now, first of all, I say Jesslane because there's an S in there, and I want to recognize that S, but I do think that the correct pronunciation is Jelaine. Galaine. 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 Mm -hmm. They say Galaine. Um, that also they don't get they say they say her name about four different type four different ways in this movie. Um here's the thing. This documentary stinks. <laughs> it boy does it stink. It doesn't give you nothing good. Here's in an hour and forty minutes, it tells you that Jelaine Maxwell loved her some Epstein 
Epstein was a rich man and he was a pedo and he needed a fuck three times a day. So Jess Lane had to go out there and get him some young girls to fuck for three times a day. So three times a day, she go out there, try to get some 12 year olds to bring back to Jeffrey. God damn. Well, not 12. But, okay. <laughs> uh, he liked, he liked the school girl type. So there were a couple that just looked very young, but they were in their twenties. But then there were a couple that, you know, when, when times are tough, you, you got to go down to the school. So as it turns out, he had served some time in prison because he and Jess Lane were running some sort of sex ring in a Miami high school or something. It was a pyramid scheme of uh, debauchery. I don't know. This thing's boring. It doesn't get into anything. It talks about her father a little bit, but it doesn't say about all the connections that her father okay, has. I was gonna say. It doesn't say that at all. It just says he was a very rich man and powerful. But it didn't go. It, there, there's no investigation of anything here. It is it is supremely surface level. Um, we have a few victims uh, that are there, and you know that that makes it, um, you know, official. I guess <laughs> that's about it. Um, and uh, one one woman actually lived in Philadelphia during the trial uh, would make a routine of going to the making the two hour one way commute every single day, four hour commute total every day from Philadelphia to New York during the trial, wearing the clothes, wearing the shoes that Jeffrey and Jess Lane bought for her while she was being groomed for three years or whatever the fuck, and, you know, used as a process. So that's probably the most interesting thing that was said in this documentary. Um, it's a waste of time. Uh, it's, yeah, just... How many stars? <laughs> fucking zero islands. <laughs> okay. If you want to know more... Um, Shout out to Martyr Made Podcast. It's uh, Daryl Cooper. He's one of the um, History on Fire kind of guys in that world. He does a podcast I love, Martyr Made. I talked about it on here before. He did a three-part Epstein one. And um, I learned more about that than anything else. So here's the thing. It's not necessarily that I want to learn a whole lot more. Yeah. I watched it just because it was there. And here's the thing. Uh, Daryl Cooper opens that up saying DB Cooper DB. He's kind of like, uh, you, you know, if you want to know about Epstein, I'm going to lay it out here. It seems kind of like an interesting topic, but I totally understand if you have one of these and you're done because yeah. he, he kind of went loosely behind a paywall. So the first two are free. And the third one, it's like, if you want more, help me out a little bit. And, uh, I've been meaning to do it, but I haven't been at work and I've listened to no podcast, but yeah, dude, it's so clear when you do a little bit of research on her, how connected her dad was and how like just the, the global network he had. And when he hired Epstein, it's so clear the work he wasn't doing that he said he was like, oh, yeah, I'm an accountant for it's like, bitch, you haven't worked for anybody. Yeah. The, the, what it, are you doing? Yeah. And there, there's no like we still don't really know who that guy was. No, nor will we No, And. Well, with her, it's the whole thing, the whole thing, and again, the the name of this documentary is Filthy Rich. It's, they basically centered the story around her and her upbringing and her being a socialite and, um, her kind of using her, uh, her natural ability and skill, um, using, because, you know, she was hosting all these parties and she just has a very vibracious, uh, you know, sensibility and she used that. 
to take children to feed a demon three times a day. So that's, uh, that's you know, also, if you find that hard to like believe like somebody abducting children, listen to any fucking true crime podcast. Not that I do, but there was a brief moment where me, Clark and Randy all worked in the same warehouse. And there was this little wave of excitement as sword and scale started catching on. And I remember I jumped into one and it was all all these people talking about how they abducted kids from like white trash neighborhoods. They're like, yeah, you know, and like below poverty line, white trash towns, you could just drive down the street and see kids playing alone out in front. He's like, you know, they're talking about, these are the ones we grab. So it's not that hard. It's not magical and it's not fun. I don't know if you want to wade into that water, but I will say though, uh, back in the day, Ghislaine, she's bringing the heat. Well, she better have. She's good looking broad. Because it's all confusing when you look at them. You're like, these look like regular people. No, no, no. No, no, no. And apparently she blew George Clooney once. (laughs) And that's cool. Claim to fame. Yeah, that's her claim to fame. (laughs) Blowing Clooney. Can we stop talking about, uh, you know, trafficking children to Molestation Island? And let's get back to blowing George Clooney. That's it. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, Tequila extraordinaire did i ever tell you so we uh we went on a like friend trial with uh this girl and um, we friends trial yeah me oxana and terrell we went out those aren't fun and we watched uh i think it was wolf cop too yep in a theater and we brought this girl is that why yours your favorite movie year (laughs) no of your life she wanted to hang out and uh (laughs) as the night spiraled out of control um there was i mean there (laughs) this girl she uh out of nowhere Apropos of nothing, was just like, what did she say? I blew Drake. Mm-hmm. And we're oh, like, yes. We're like, what? <laughs> and Terrell, who was not into her at all, all night. At one point, she, he slapped her hand because she grabbed my hair and he, he slapped it and said, bitch, what'd you do? And like, because I wasn't there. He warmed up. He was just like, oh, tell me more. Who else? <laughs> but she was is. like, Drake from Drake and Josh, who, uh, Shady, uh, oh, that Drake. Yeah, I think he's in jail now because of uh, Mar- grooming Mar- children. Drake? Yeah. Really? You have it, dude. Go on YouTube. I Google don't it. do that. Dude. They had. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with Jelaine Maxwell. I, well, I mean, he's one of her uh, squires, I believe, is what they oh. call it on the island. I have a squire guitar. What does that do? No, for you it? don't. I did. Okay, did and do are different. I think I do. I maybe gave it away. Where? Where would that be? In Mississippi. <laughs> it's under your fedora. It has one sticker on it. Do you want to guess what the oh one sticker on my blue Squire subsidiary Fender guitar? It's a triangle and it says yield. No, it's a, um, <laughs> it's something that's very familiar from everyone's childhood in this room. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese? Skechers? <laughs> yes, I have a Skechers? Don't they have the stickers on their shoes? Bro, <laughs> you wore Skechers growing up? No. You're fucking lame, No, we wore pale-ass, like, garbage shoes. Dude, vanilla is about. a flavor. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dude. Oh, tight. Yeah. Right up there with Ghostbusters, dude. Also, the other movie I saw this week, which I think you saw. I know you saw. Randy, I don't know if you saw it. Christmas, bloody Christmas. Randy, you didn't see this? I didn't, know. Why, are you not Are you not big on the holiday horror? 
I thought about watching it, but I watched Amsterdam instead this morning, which was not very good. Oh, is that the movie you're going to save for next week, maybe? Negative. Okay, tell us about Amsterdam. How bad is it? I don't know. It's not terrible. Uh, Chivo, uh, Emmanuel Lubezki shot it, so it looks really good. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's got the very generic, like... Um, situation where you start the movie like towards the end of the movie then you're like here's how that happened and then you go backwards oh, and there's bad um uh, voiceover that's just kind of cheesy and yeah. uh yeah i don't know it was okay we got taylor swift getting hit by a car yeah she's barely in it she's in it for maybe like less than 10 minutes then she gets hit by a car did you hear the big news on uh, miss t swift breaking uh, news Oksana, you hear this? No. Foch, Foch, oh my God. Fox Searchlight. Oh, yeah, yeah, Has given Taylor Swift the green to direct a major motion picture. Oh, We're going to oh, yeah. get a T-Swift movie, Russell. Get Swifty. Yeah, sure. You think it's going to involve a breakup? I don't know because I don't listen to her music. But the, I did, can I tell you something? Why? Why do we care about her so much? I don't. The Moving music, on. It's not great. It's not good. I, 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 people fucking love her. I don't get it. I'm sure the movie would be fine. You know? What, who cares? Movies are, you know what I mean? Is it going to be a Joanna Hogg level film? I don't know. Definitely not. Maybe so. Christmas, bloody Christmas. I saw it. Let's talk about it. Maybe I lived it. Director, writer, Joe Bagos. <laughs> now, uh, Russell, you, you know, do you know a little bit about uh, Mr. Bagos? Um, you know a little bit because you talk about, see, all right, let's get into this bullshit. I haven't even seen this movie, but I know it's a vampire movie. And you say that I spoil it by saying it's a vampire I movie. Do. The reason why I know it's a vampire movie is because you told me it was a vampire I movie. Didn't. You did. That's the only reason why I know a vampire's in it. No, it's because you lurk on Twitter and read random. I don't read Twitter about bliss. I read Twitter about football or tits. <laughs> Wasn't that bliss though? Yes, but that you were you were correlation causation. Oh my god, you're like a fucking rejected Al Bundy bit. Wasn't that where you like you walked in towards the end of us watching it? Oh, I think that is no, what happened. No, yeah. no, no. That was the Jennifer Reader thing. <laughs> that was exactly the Jennifer Reader thing when the guy like turned into a little snot ball or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you've done it many times. I'm very good. I also did it with Violence Voyager. You know, I didn't watch VFW though. Did I did you? not either. No, okay. but I again, own it. I've lived it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joe Bagos, Christmas, bloody Christmas. Now, boys and girls, I want to tell you right now. Um, I was I, first of all, I was excited to watch a holiday horror movie, um, and I feel like there's a lot uh, that are kind of coming out now, and I think that's cool. <laughs> and I was excited to see this, and I was glad that it came out on uh, Shutter. Uh, also, can we go ahead and break it? Can we a little behind the curtain? Break what? Like this was on our radar because we were going to talk to Joe, but we had to oh, yeah. scramble some things around. So well, we, they we sent us to, a screener in hopes yeah. of trying to book him. And honestly, I think we slept on it because Christmas, bloody Christmas in the poster. I was kind of like not 
quick at the hip with the gun, pulling the trigger, however that analogy works. But uh, it's a good tagline. <laughs> you better yeah. not cry. Um, yeah, I think we slept on it. And then we tried to book him and they're like, you could have 20 minutes on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. And we're like, oh, <laughs> it ain't going to work. And let me tell you something. We thought about it. We did. I really want to talk. I would love to talk to him about For this sure. movie. For yeah, well, sure. There'll, there'll be plenty of opportunities. But I also love to talk to you about it. All right. Well, let's get into it. I'll tell you right now. The first 20, 25 minutes, tough sell for Clarky. Oh, you know, weird. Because here's why. You got a bunch of good-looking hipsters and Jonah Ray going around, uh, <laughs> you know, doing, I don't know. I, 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 I'll tell you this. Jonah Ray looks pretty good now. I still don't like him. I'm glad that he's he's healthy and he's living a nice life and his career and he's working. That's cool. And he died very quickly in the movie, and that's I didn't even know that was Jonah Ray. Yeah. How could you not? He's eight feet tall and he's I'm Jonah Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. I don't know. He annoys me. Did you catch the other uh former guest? Oh, he was in Dead Wax. I didn't even. I didn't watch that. I I liked it. I I you know I'm blind to faces. I don't know. Okay, are you talking about who I think you're talking about? But I didn't see him. Where is he in the movie? Emmett Eyeliner. Oh so, no, and, I wasn't talking about that one. But yeah, that one. Stillwell. Too. Stillwell's in there. Yeah, where is Stillwell? So our former guest Adam Stillwell, director of The Triangle, he is. Uh, so in the first act, they're doing like a Tarantino thing where we spend a lot of time having like side chatter. And we're moving around the town. They're kind of doing like a mise-en-scene. I really enjoyed that because they're talking about like kind of hard rock and metal. And it read as authentic to me. Also, the set design was incredible. But cast was very good. Dude, it was so good. They were great. And the main characters, there's a tension there, but they're yeah. not like dating. And the the girl is like uh, Riley Dandy is uh, talking about a date that she had set up. And she was horny and she wanted to meet this guy. And clearly... The dude is like, what the fuck? And as the audience, you're kind of like, yeah, what the fuck? But she shows the guy and he's like, wait, Emmett eyeliner. And now again, I'm face blind. I don't know actors, but I saw that. It appeared on our projector and I went, is that fucking Adam Stillwell? Oh, that was it. I didn't. Even... <laughs> All right. I was probably looking at my computer and I missed it. I know. And I thought that might be the case. So I texted Adam during the movie and I'm like, are you in fucking Christmas? Actually, I didn't because I'm like, there's no way that was him. And then in the credits, his name was there. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? You're in this movie? And he's like, dude, there's a character named Emmett Eyeliner. Of course, that was written for me. <laughs> yeah, only if the character's name was piece of garbage. <laughs> no, I missed him. I, but I did see on uh, Instagram that uh, he tweeted something about it. Yeah, he tweeted on Instagram. Oh what my god! I need to quit it all. I need to quit it all. It's all poison. But also, here's the other thing. Did I miss the part where the Santa hold, becomes sentient? Hold, okay, hold on. So let me set this up. So the movie. Um, we have a few Heshers. I hate that term. I thought that was the derogatory term you were going to give them. Hesher. Um, They're hanging out. They're actually, they seem like interesting people. Are they Heshers? They're like H&M Heshers. No. They were, their conversations were like were Journeys like, Heshers. I enjoyed dude. it. Now, here's, like Pac Sun Heshers, dude. The problem with putting music culture into a film is that 
you can it's almost like uh to to beat this reference to death in middleman when you say the best joke ever when you actually put a joke to that now you're gonna lose people and the movie's not gonna work for most of the audience right so you don't do it so like when you start defining the characters and their taste i feel like if you're if you're in a horror movie and you start saying like oh i hate jason you're that's a conversation you're having bloom? with your audience yeah jason bloom okay, which i think actually they're talking to they liked bloom house in this movie uh did you say they had the premiere of megan and jason bloom dressed up as megan dude i heard that they had dancers out there why weren't we invited i would have flown out to watch fun i know you would have <laughs> i'm so pumped for that movie but yeah no the conversation they talk about horror movies i believe at one point there's an argument over which is better pet cemetery one or two and these are the kind of things that can the remake that can lose me instantly. And I was kind of there for it. I liked all of it. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're doing the Tarantino thing and it's working. While in the background, and I mean, literally, like on a TV, there's a news broadcast that they were recalling a model of Santa robot that was uh, repurposed military machines. Okay. And um, there had been a couple instances where they kind of reverted back to their old programming. Let me just tell you, that's the kind of tagline that you read in one of these holiday horror movies. And you're like, okay, somebody's just making a cash grab. The impact that it had was, I thought, the best part of the movie. Because normally when you have like um, Freddy Krueger, who's like a burnt up pedophile, or like Jason <laughs> Voorhees, who's a wronged uh, autism kid, you there's some human element there. When our slasher is a robot, who's doing this for no reason at all. Yeah. And they don't even realize that they're like killing people, especially people that we just spent 40 minutes with, like kind of enjoying. Yeah. And then he kills them. It really feels like it was for nothing. And I just remember being like, damn, man, I'm having like a visceral reaction here. Cause it's a fucking robot. You're just like, dude, it didn't. Yeah. I don't know. A major character goes away and we've still got like an hour left in the movie. Dude, it's, I don't know. I just, this movie fucking worked. It does. Here's another thing I, uh, that normally I hate. There's a lot of needle drops in this motherfucker. Yeah. How, how did you do with that? Fine. I liked it. Works. You know, it felt a lot like, uh, now I'm going to say a bad word here. I don't want anybody to get crazy. Here Randy, cover your ears. Uh, it felt a little like Richard Stanley to me. I was, <laughs> and I mean that in the best way. Uh, it felt like um, hardware. Did you ever see hardware? No. Hardware had this thing where it's like, you're going to hate the words that I'm about to say, but it was like a post-apocalyptic confirmed future kind of thing. But um, there's like Lemmy. It's like a taxi driver in it. From and Motorhead. Like, yeah. Like there's there's a weird uh, kind of in the peripherals, like hard rock element that, that gives it like some edge. Exit the Warrior. But the movie shot so beautifully and it's dirty in the best way. And it's just a well-crafted film. That's how this one felt to me. Like it's yeah. just so well made. Yeah. And it felt like 80s authentic. Like, dude, I don't know. I really liked it. It did the small things right. It, it delivered on the slasher thing. Um, I Yes. For what... For what you appreciated in the first 20 minutes is what repelled me in the first 20 minutes. But I, it was, I knew, I knew it was a perfect execution. Yeah. And it worked. It's just, uh, yeah, I just wanted, when we got to Santa's, uh, you know, knocking some people out, the first, it, 
the kills improved <laughs> as we went along. Yeah. And also, I, what, do, what do you think the budget of this thing was? I don't know, but there was... There they was like, used fire, baby. They used cars. They exploded. There were cars colliding. Yeah, Michael and Bay this shit, Randy. It, it's funny, we, um, you know, shout out to Marbles on her birthday again, but we saw a movie one time and she had a critique that there weren't enough people in the movie. And it kind of, I don't know, it stuck with me because I'm like, that does change it. Like indie films or like when um, the middleman of uh, production fell out. Was she talking about short circuit? Well, no, it's just like you need extras. Like imagine when you have a a wide shot and there's a crowd of people in New York. Sure. It makes it feel kind of like alive, like in Hennenlauter films when you have people on the street. Yeah. And then there's there's a new thing now and it's like, oh yeah, cars. Like, people don't fuck with that. If you're making an indie movie, don't get in a car. No, Definitely especially don't. with a comedian getting coffee. Oh, my God. Don't, like, don't wreck a car because that's money. Oh, cars Dude, for had, kids. They had an ambulance. There was shit flipping over. Stuff was catching on fire. And like you said, exploding. Oh, yeah. I was just like, whoa, what are we doing? Also, our boy Graham Skipper. Also, uh, another guest was Another guest, yeah. Riddled to the brim. Yeah, we're all over this thing. We can't book the damn director. Also, he's in that movie for, what, 14 seconds? Yeah, but he made an impact. He, he made a great impact. Also, an uh, often considered guest of Kansas Bowling, who I've mentioned on this show many times. That's true. Yeah, she was in your movie, uh, Third Friday, Third Saturday in October. What the hell is it? Yes. Is that the name of it? Third Saturday in October. I, I don't know football. I'm sorry. I know you don't. Yeah, but I was just like, dude, the cast in this movie ruled. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's it's solid, man. It's, uh, go see it. Also, Jeremy Garner's in this thing. I feel like that's an important one. Jeff Daniel Phillips. I don't know. This movie was so good. It's playing in theaters, too. It is playing out here. I really wish we would have saw it in a theater. How cool would that have been? I know. Yeah. But you saw another holiday horror in the theater. I will. And I'm going to close with that. So stick tuned for that one. You're going to close with that? Yeah, I'm going to close with it. Well, good. Because you need to provide a little bit of explanation regarding that one. Well, did you have anything else with the Christmas bloody Christmas? I mean, that was good. Okay. I'm glad you liked it. Um, again, wouldn't recommend it to Randy. Uh, no, I would recommend it to Randy. Now, Randy, there's some cool people in it. Uh, they wear leather jackets and they, Oh, uh, it is pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Did you like that? It's also out now. Also, that is true. Check, dude, Chekhov's Cuddlingus. Okay. Yeah, it is on Shutter now. Yeah. Thank you again to RLJE for sending us this thing. Sorry we slept on it. But here's the thing. With the in, in with the advent of the internet, people have uh they've learned about all the little niches. And people like me who love a holiday horror film, it's tough, man, because now we get a bunch of bullshit. You get so many holiday horror movies, so many Halloween horror movies, and it's just they're you got to wade through the garbage. So when you see a movie about a robot Santa killing people, mm-hmm. you don't know if you're getting into some trauma shit. You got to check your shoe. <laughs> Is this a uh, top 10 holiday horror? I don't know about top 10. I really like it and I got to rewatch it. I am. Um, I would really enjoy going to see this in the theater too. Okay. All right. If I were to make a holiday. Oh, Uh-oh. all right. All right. We'll go behind the curtain again. A holiday. Oh, <laughs> leave this in. But we're trying to figure out currently for for all for you, our listeners, our beloved beloved listeners, 
um, that I truly don't give a shit about. Okay. <laughs> we are trying to figure out what we want to do for our holiday episode next week. And by the time next week rolls around, we're going to do it. But right now we're in the planning stages. Got some options there. Feeling that out. As you know me and you know my uh, proclivities, I like options. So that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Uh, and I lost my train of thought while I was setting all that up. <laughs> were you going to say pick a movie for us to watch or I don't know where what you were, were we talking about before <laughs> <laughs> uh well since we're recording maybe like horror movies or like no a film. specifically I'm trying to trigger my memory if, if Christmas bloody Christmas was top 10 holiday yes I could make a holiday horror bracket oh my god you've seen like three. Oh no I'm just and I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't matter oh you want you want to do like a tournament yeah Okay, if you okay, I'm game if we you could. figure that out. All right, so how would we seed it? Would we seed? No, this is Chris, your work. We I'm, could seed Christmas Bloody Christmas with uh, Mother Krampus too. <laughs> Are we counting Krampus as a part of the holiday horror? We have to, right? I okay. These are your rules. That's, I know. That's what I'm trying to. We're trying to establish the here's, parameters. Here's here. a tough question: Maniac Cop Two is that a holiday movie? No. It's set in Christmas time, and there's a lot of lights. There has to be Christmas on the cover. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll work this out, and then we can put it in the Discord and on Twitter. Do, all right, that, does there have to be there has to be some sort of uh, 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 allusion to Christmas in the title? Okay, so it's a, a titular thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess because <laughs> yeah, because fucking like I'm not counting, you know. <laughs> Randy's movie, Jan de Bont. Die Hard. Correct. Okay. N nor is it horror either. So some people can squeeze <laughs> it in there, brother. I'm just, I'm, I'm just letting them know. This is how deep your horror holiday movie yep. goes. Tight. Yup. Yup. We're gonna do a bracket. What about? Okay, no, that would work. Have you seen Silent Night, Bloody Night? Oh God, no. There's, Silent Silent Night, Deadly Night? There's like 19 of them. Have you watched any? I tried. I've watched 40 minutes of the first one. I would you and you weren't into it. I there was there was uh, extenuating circumstances. Okay, it was it was rough. <laughs> I was in the middle of. I was in the Ukraine and I was getting okay. bombed by Russia. It was a lot of stuff going on. I don't know. That's just hard. All right, are you done with Christmas Bloody Christmas? It was pretty good. <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half. I, I'm I'm sitting around a four, four and a half. I really liked it. Oh, I wish I was sitting around at a four and a half. You know what I'm about? <laughs> Joe Bagos, ah. quit avoiding our calls. Pick up and come on the show. Um, Adam Stillwell, where's the hookup? He never hooked up in his life, that <laughs> ugly <I'm> bitch. Idiot. <laughs> idiot. Um, okay. Well, that was a screener. Now that it's my turn, I have 48 movies to talk about. Where am I going to start? Let's start with the list that I made. Is it another TCM roundup? Now, before we <laughs> Randy loved that, okay? <laughs> he was on the edge of his seat the whole time. I covered 42 movies. I watched an equivalent of two of them. Um, no, this time we're starting with to be. To be or to rent. That is the segment. Mm. As we watch The Death of April, a found footage movie. Uh, again, we did watch it on Tubi. Perfectly placed uh, commercials, but you could rent or buy it on Amazon. I think it's available everywhere. Um, the Death of April. Megan Mullen, 
Freshly moved in her new home, keeps in touch with her friends and family through a video blog. As her entries and her life become more complex and emotional, strange things begin to happen in her room, and the camera captures all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I start here? Four stars. Um, the death of April. I really like what this film is. Again, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I like the construction of this film. We're doing a kind of uh, horror in the high desert. Like it, it has like a TV show feel and it's kind of recounting a true crime. Now they don't, unlike a TV show, they don't open up and tell you what happened here. You're, it's kind of a mystery that we're uh, working through. But um, Megan's whole family appears in talking head documentary format and it's intermixed with a video blog that uh, Megan was keeping. The movie feels very early 2000, which is weird because it's modern, but she's doing everything off of a laptop camera. Mm. And um, it's a very happy family. Megan ends up moving to the East Coast. And uh, when she gets in her apartment, she wants to stay in touch with her family. So she just records a lot and talks to them. And I really like this movie. I don't know if I'm the only one, but... It's interesting because they do subtle like ghost things. We're not reinventing the wheel here, but I just really like the way they rolled out the story. There's kind of the air of a crime. You don't know if Megan's dead. You don't know if If um, Megan's missing. Dude, that lingered lingered the whole movie. And it's like, why is it called the death of April? And until halfway through the movie, you don't know. And it's like, is this like a poetic thing? Like the house is October built or like is April a girl? Is April a month? April O'Neil. Um, April O'Neil. Like, like your squire guitar. And um, I you hit the guitar it, cue. If you're a if you're a found footage fan, I highly recommend just jump on Tubi. It's um an hour thirty, and the third act gets a little uh horny. I know it slows down. The pacing is really good and we're building and we're building and it's getting more interesting. A Ouija board shows up. Uh, She starts uh, She may be possessed and she's flirting with another dude in front of her boyfriend. Hell Uh, yeah. There's some interracial tension. Hell yeah. And then the third act, her brother comes to visit and it gets bogged down. The brother is a two dimensional character who's not very fun and he gets a lot of screen time. And other than that, I really like the movie. So um, you found footage adventures out there. Go check that out. It's the death of April. Um, How many stars? Oh, man. Or in the film. <laughs> oh, you hit me with a knuckleball there. I didn't see it coming. Uh, no, I really like this one. It's, oh, God, probably three and a half. Okay. Oxana, am I crazy with the three and a half? I was yeah. even thinking maybe a four. Uh... But this is why people don't trust me. Because I am an artiste and I have the palette of one. Y'all don't understand the genius in my head. And I see things like a grid. I see the DNA and I see the genius in here. It may be lost in the superficial values that you casual film fans have, like Randy. And uh, I don't know. It's good. Randy won't get it, though. Well, vanilla is a flavor. (laughs) Oksana, what would you rate it? I think three, three and a half is good. You copier. Okay. Next movie. Now we're we're off a of Tubi and we're into the theater. Ooh. Um, I also went to another hole in the head again. This time not at the the brand new four star, but at the little Roxy, the Clark Little Roxy. Would you rate the four star five stars now? Could you do that on Yelp, please? Oh that made me happy. 
Yeah, I'd have to work on the wording a little bit, but it'd be something I'll like, I don't know why they call it the four star. It's clearly a five. Oh, uh, oh, buy another Porsche. Um, so. Comedy. The next movie I saw, we talked a little bit about when we had our friend Benji on last week. Benji. Now in that episode, you might have heard a bold face lie from a Clark Little. Benji. Saying, I'll be there. I want to meet Gary Busey's son. Okay. As a reminder, shingles. (laughs) Deathbed. So Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey, is playing a uh, serial killer in a movie called Pig Killer. Uh, IMDb synopsis. Now, (laughs) inspired by the terrifying story of Robert Willie Picton the pig farmer come prolific lady killer whose horrific crime shocked the world. Now I only wanted to read that because that sentence is wrong to everybody. Correct. It says the pig farmer come spelled with a U the pig farmer come prolific lady killer whose horrific crime shocked the world. That's not even English. What the hell? I don't know. This movie is based on a true serial killer who I knew nothing about. And Benji uh, proceeded to tell me that, what, last podcast on the left did four and a half hours on him or something. I don't care. He killed 55 people? Um, so I queued up Clark with the Wikipedia page. Can you go ahead and read just the beginning, the, the first paragraph up there? Well, there's... I'll just read that whole first part. Okay. <clears throat> what voice would you like? Um, the NPR voice. Robert Picton. No, okay. Come on. (laughs) Robert William Wiley. Oh, excuse me. Robert William Willie Picton, born October 24th, 1949, is a Canadian serial killer and former pig farmer. Pig farmer is, there's a hyperlink, so you can access it if you want to read the (laughs) Wikipedia page for pig farmer. I feel like we need some betting music for you. Do we have anything good? Give me something nice. Uh, Randy, you got anything? Or you want to do it live or ready to do it in post? Post. Okay, post. Post it up. Oh, Post Malone. He is suspected of being one of the most prolific serial killers in Canadian history. Well, that's cute. <laughs> After dropping out of school, Picton left a butcher's apprenticeship to begin working full-time at his family's pig farm. He is believed to have begun his murders in the early 1980s after inheriting the farm. Arrested in 2002, he was convicted in 2007 of the second-degree murders of six women and was also the lengthy was also the subject of a lengthy investigation that yielded evidence of numerous other murders. Pinkton was charged with the deaths with the deaths of additional 20 women, many of them from Vancouver's downtown east side. But these charges were stayed by the Crown in 2010. <laughs> Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years, the longest possible sentence for second-degree murder under Canadian law. Adorable. At the time he was sentenced. During the trial's first day of jury evidence, the Crown stated that Picton had confessed to 49 murders to an undercover agent from the Office of Inspector General, adorable, who was posing as a cellmate. The Crown reported that Picton told the officer that he wanted to kill another woman to make it an even 50, and that he was caught because he was sloppy. Um, all of that is in the movie. <laughs> I will tell you, that last little bit where he tells an undercover cop 
like he admits to everything and it's like, yeah, I want to kill one more to get an even 50. First, I totally understand. What what a tease, right? To have 49. You're like, he looks more like Fisher Stevens than Jake Busey. Dude, we we all want a round number there. And uh for sure. I'll tell you, Jake Busey, really good in this movie. Yeah, this movie has very unearthed vibes, though. Okay. Like it's it's too long. And okay, I should give a little context. We were at the Little Roxy. Um, Jake Busey was supposed to be there, but he heard Clark wasn't going to make it, and he backed out last minute. One day, Jake will meet. We heard that uh, he got a new job, and he was filming in L.A. However, whatever. Uh, a couple of the lead actresses were there. What's his new job? Avatar 3? They both were victimized by Jake Busey. Uh, one of them was even a streetwalker. Um, hey, I know what that means. There was a producer there. And uh, which that, is another word of streetwalker equals out. He was a producer who was also an actor in the film. Oh, who was also a daywalker. Who was also because they're vampires. Who was also a slave trader as he treated these girls like they were on a leash. Um, <sighs> well, he gets it. One of the most awkward Q and A's I've been a part of as he, uh, whoever was hosting. You've I, been to some awkward. It was our buddy uh, Matthew Abea, by the way. I love him. Such an adorable little dude. He's. I, I've said this before, and we've talked about, you know, the sweetest person on the planet. Yeah. It's Matthew Rebecca. Um, again, director. He's the nicest man. He was God. He was one of our earliest guests. He was here. great. I, I, I love him to death. Director of Vampiria. He was up there. He's doing his thing. And uh, that dude just yanked the hosting gig from him. And I, I felt defensive. I was almost like, this motherfucker. Of course you did. Go, dude, it was. I'm like, don't do that to Matt. Like, Matthew, he doesn't deserve that shit. No. But he was one of these guys who was so nervous that like somebody would be like, hey, I have a question for her. Um, how was it acting in the RV? And then the, the producer would be like, so, you know, we got the RV and, you know, it was a tough thing. And we ended up there a lot. And then Jake was in, and he was like, oh, but does anybody have a question for the actresses? And we're like, what is happening? Anyway, the movie has an unearthed vibe. It's a little long. Now, we did see a cut that will probably never get shown again. It was the director's cut. And here's the thing. Here's why you don't always love a director's cut. Mm -hmm. It felt like a dude who didn't want to kill his darling. Yeah. And the scenes would not fucking end. There was a moment where we're in a diner and everything in this movie is very competently made. There's some great gore and there's some actual like edgy, gritty, like kind of oogie moments. You can like a, is it like a Golden Glove killer? No, because Golden Glove, I think is phenomenal. So much money. Um, so much talent. I think the way that that movie was shot, is so beautiful and grotesque yeah. that it's kind of on a field of its own where this one, it feels it's definitely like a notch down from there, but it's, there's just something here. Um, the problem is just the cut we saw is unfiltered. And there's a moment where we have a Jake Busey and one of the leads and they're meeting for like the first real time at a diner. And in the first two, three minutes, you get all the information you need. And then we're just lingering. And this is what the, the cranberries, dude. Now, let me tell you, this was a this was a boys night out. Hell yeah. Oksana stayed home. It was a BNO. She stayed home with the boy and uh, I was free to go. I was gallivanting around with Terrell, who I had to coax into coming. I'm like, dude, you better <laughs> fucking come out. He didn't want to go to the BC. He had work obligations. I'm like, don't be an adult right now. He's I'm not. A team player. I'm leaving a child at home to go watch Jake Busey kill prostitutes. I'm like, join me, please. <laughs> well, thank you, Terrell, for taking care of the child. <laughs> but also, I didn't even have to drive. As the East Bay cinematographer duos came out, Josh oh, and Jashadi, and I'll tell you, 
I felt like it was in high school. We were we were blasting some hip hop, dude. We were playing some rap music. I was in the backseat of the car, had a vape pen. Talk about rap music. I was like, I feel like we're gonna go jump somebody. Oh my god. <laughs> Half the car were black people. I was like, dude, this is incredible. And then we get there, Jake Busey film, he's murdering people. He's a Canadian serial killer. Oh my god. Josh fell asleep angrily. He was he tapped out of that movie. Terrell left early. He left a half hour before the movie was done. Uh, Jasadi asked a couple of questions. Where did he go? He just left. <laughs> he left. He went home. His boyfriend got off work. He was like, "Yeah, I'm ready." And Damn. he just bounced. Dude, I'm the only one. Jasadi played ball a little bit. I'm the only one that saw any value in this movie, and that's because I, I like to roll around the mud that Unearth puts out there. I see the artistry and the other, the you, dark side of the. Alien. You say, did Unearth produce it? No, because you but keep it, saying it feels like they should put it out. Okay, oh because they have that vibe. That like so no one's bought this movie. Oh, it's, it's still doing Film Fest. Okay, I mean we literally well that does it can still go either way. Yeah, we saw a cut that they're not gonna. It's one of those. This is a distribution cut because they're gonna tell us to get rid of a bunch of shit and then we'll have kind of the movie we want. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think they're gonna get rid of all the shit that was memorable in this movie. What's the runtime on this bad boy right now? Holy shit! I think it had to be over an hour forty. And I'm he, not and sure. You said that felt too long. It felt long. Um, IMDb has it listed as two hours and two minutes. Okay, that was probably the cut. That's it's probably going to meet a 90-minute mark. And you know what? As long as they keep some of the gore in there and some of the, like, brutal stuff, I think it'll find an audience. Because you're saying Busey did a good job. Busey was pretty good, man. Jake, yeah. And um, not Most a flattering thing. role. No. Uh, butchering. Um, is, this, is there any inspiration from this story with um, our buddy Chris Powers' uh, Long Pigs? Uh, I don't know. It feels like like it should be. There's no cannibalism uh, aspect to this, no, is there? It, it's honestly, it's worse. Because you know how I was with Christmas, Bloody Christmas, I'm saying there's something that was viscerally, that just made me angry about a robot killing people for no reason. Because yeah. you're like, you don't even care. Like you have, why are you doing this? Well, the, this yeah. one, it's kind of like a dude taking advantage of poor people or like, you know, it's kind of like a trailer park killer. He's bringing them on a pig farm and then he's using a meat renderer to hide the body. Yeah. It's, he's really disrespectful to him. He's, there is a moment and this probably won't make it in the, in the, the actual film that gets out, but uh, he's, sleeping sleeping he's raping one of these um women of the night and he's he's having a delusion that it's his mom and his mom is like come on boy stick it in my mud hole she's like stick that little pecker in my mud hole and it's like dude it's so grotesque and it's like here's the thing terrell that movie was boring and i'm like terrell how is this boring she said, stick it in my mud hole, dude. And she's not a... Um, Randy, can you isolate that? <laughs> she's a larger woman, and she goes full frontal in this. Babe, if she's got a mud hole, you better believe it. She's got some flaps dude, to go along with it. But here's the thing. I'm Clark Little. It's Jake Busey doing it, and he's grunting, going like, Ugh. It's gross. Yeah, but let me tell you something. He's got Busey blood in him, <laughs> so he's going to fucking bring it. Dude, I'm... Uh, you want to know the really thing that the problem here is that there's a subplot and it's one of the girls. And I say that because when it's introduced in the movie, there's a girl with the family and she's kind of having problems. Her dad's moved on. He's, he's with a new girl and uh, the daughter and this, this stepmom, they don't get along and the stepmom's really annoying. And is they, she get, hot? they get into an argument. No, she's, 
That's a shame. She's kind of like a trophy wife for a much older man. So she's older. Like, it's yep. fine. All right, I'm back in. So then the daughter, uh, after having a brutal fight, goes into her bedroom and starts mainlining some heroin. Of course. She ODs and they bring her. And this causes... Dead? No, she, she goes to the hospital. She's an important character. Okay. And her dad realizes, like, my girlfriend's pushed her over the limit. And he starts having a rift with her. So there's this weird family triangle that's going on and then cut to pig farmer. Hey, bitch. You know, and it's like, what, what the hell are we watching? At the very end of the movie, they come together. And of course, Jake Busey finds this girl and we're supposed to be really attached to her. And I mean, I didn't want her to get like brutalized. Sure. Um, but you're like, it felt so wrong for the story. Well, lo and behold, I came to learn that that character is a real girl who got away. Not the actress, but she's kind of um, occupying the role of one of the girls who escaped. I occupied Wall Street once. Here's the thing. I think one of her family members is actually a producer on the movie. Oh, yes, So they worked in her storyline in a way that feels unnatural. And she kind of becomes a not final girl because she doesn't, there's really, at the end of her story, there's no resolution to anything. So it's like, what was that about? So, you know, when I found that out, I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe they got some money in order to brighten that character. It doesn't help the movie. Yeah. But um, Jake Busey's fun. And if we get a 90 minute cut of this, I do recommend people go watch it. Um, it, did, it, it was an interesting screening at 9 p.m. for a two hour movie on a Tuesday night at the Clark Little Roxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really wish you were there, Randy. How many people were there? Ooh, I think we brought like four. So total maybe 20, which isn't bad. I mean, it kind of feels like the room's full. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a humble brag that you brought one fifth of the occupants. I mean, humble brag, maybe. I mean, one of them left during the movie. The other one was snoring. That's also true. I had okay. to elbow him to wake that's, up. Well, I mean, you know, that's it. your crew is children. <laughs> well, my crew is a bunch of opinionated uh, cinema. I don't know. What's, what's the term for like a... I was going to say a cinema alcoholic, but cinema holic, it didn't work. It's not in a jar. Yeah. So again, I was, I was a little high and this movie, Hell yeah, like I'm Christmas, not... bloody Christmas, Christmas, many bloody a needle Christmas. drop. Now here's the thing I think you'd like. Here we go. All this music. I'm like, well, this music's not bad. Well, who are all these artists they found? I thought they went on SoundCloud and were just picking up a bunch of indie people that nobody noticed. It's all like one dude. They're like three bands, 110 songs. And I'm like, who the fuck wrote all this? So we got to look up that guy. But I think you'd be into it. Oh, yeah. Um, the music didn't work for anybody else. I think it was just because I had hit that vape pen, which I lost that night in the theater. Oh, my God. Yeah. So overall, I don't know. Smoke three, real weed. Three and a half. No, I'm no. Um, last but not least, I have one more. I also went to another theater, the Regal. Regal. Stonetown Regal. Uh, I'd never been there before, but they were the only ones showing Clark's cousin's movie, The Mean One. That's right. Now, now let me ask you this. Now, Regal is, this is the top theater chain in America. Wouldn't know in California. You never been to a Regal? I think I'd been to this one when it was like a very tiny little theater that was kind of behind. Yeah. Are you talking Stone about Stonestown? Yeah. So the only Regal would be Stonestown probably. That I know of. Yeah. But um, now Randy, they had they they got some regals out there in the East Bay. I know you you've regaled it up. Yeah, yeah, that uh used to be my theater that I went to in uh Dublin. Okay, 
for many I, years. I grew up going to a Regal and a Cinemark. It were um, I was sandwiched in between the two, <laughs> and uh, I I like a Regal. I like their little pre-show thing. It's like a roller coaster thing. They still do oh, that. Oh yeah, they still do it. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. Oh, and I was like, dude, they've been doing it for like forty years. Oh, Sana and Terrell were both on their phones, and I was like, "Hey, get off your phones. We're on a ride, man." Dude, and I was, uh, dude, it's I, it, that I can't tell you the excitement I used to have as a child. It's because I would, <laughs> I would want to go there just that dumb little roller coaster. Dude, thing. I am a full dad mode as I sat there going, "Wee," <laughs> and they were just ignoring me. Yeah. Um. But I'd never been there, and we uh, reached out to one of our longtime listeners, uh, Mr. McDuff on Instagram, and we're like, "Hey, you want to come out to this thing?" And he went, "The Regal." He's like, "That's the place that card you." Uh, they asked, "What did he say?" So he couldn't make it because he was building IKEA furniture. That takes like five minutes. And he said, um. Oh yeah, the Regal. Have you been there? And I said, no, it's our first time. And he's like, well, they ask for your Vax card if you buy a hot dog. Enjoy, <laughs> but it's nice. Oh boy. Here's the thing. Um, I'd never been there. Like Oksana, what are they said. putting in the hot dogs? I don't know. <laughs> Shingles, maybe. Oh boy. Um, so I'm immune. First, it's a maze to get in there. You have to fucking fight a minotaur in the labyrinth. You walk in, go up an escalator, around three corners, dodge the Whole Foods. And you end up in this, what feels like it should be an arcade. There's a Whole Foods over there? There's Whole Foods there. Oh, I got errands to run. Um, oh, dude, it's the, you're right. All you need is one more store, and then you get the Regal and a Whole Foods. There's a right TJ's over there, too. There we go. McDonald's. Bada bing, bada boom. Eddie Bauer's still there. Man. TJ's might be gone. The TJ's is gone? I think so. I think. Oh, no. I, I took a shit in there one time. I think I hate the Regal. Let me oh, just no. say that. It's, um, what the roller coaster? It's got one of these feels of like the town is shutting down. Everybody's moving out. And you know what? We'll bring it back. Let's pump a bunch of money in here. We'll go high tech. You know what? Fuck a paper poster. Everything digital. You saw right through the facade. Let's make the ceiling a mirror. Yeah. Hey, let's put a bar in here. Let's yeah. put a smoothie bar. Let's put uh, you know what? We need to spice up the popcorn. Let's put the butter pump on the other end of the bar. I'm okay with that. And then we'll even have hot Cheeto popcorn. Okay. And I'm like, wait, y'all got hot Cheeto popcorn? And they're like, oh, that's more of a weekend thing. And I'm looking Ooh. around and I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody here is very young. And then you're looking around and, you know, when you start to pay attention, you realize from the outside, it looks almost like an Alamo. Like, oh man, we're cinema forward. We have a bar. Come hang out. Talk about it. You get in there and you realize all the bar tables are only against the window. There's a big open floor, almost like you're going to dance. There's nobody dancing here. I'm like, oh, it's all superficial bullshit. Now, I will say they had a Wakanda Forever drink that they were advertising. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I love the teaming up with the bar. Make a, yeah. make a They theme. did a Nope drink, too, I think. Oh, see, I like that. Did they do a Snopes drink? Oh, my God. <laughs> but then, you know, there's there was a cutout of, like, some elves in a, uh, on a sled. And then... Terrell's like, oh, let's go take a picture. And Oksana's like, it looks like somebody drew that. And you look at it, it looked like some like a kindergartner drew like they, they were whipping them, making them draw a full-size sleigh. I don't know. It was weirding me out. Then you get into the theaters, gigantic, brand new, empty. And I'm like, ah man, this is kind of bumming me out. I don't know. It felt weird. It felt like I was walking around in a Tron movie, too. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, good thing is that the movie was fantastic. The mean one. Um, one of my favorite things to talk about is how the conversation around film 
has uh, taken First of a all, turn. All right, before we go into the movie, we need to talk about what happened here. What well, what's this? What's what? I threw out in the chat. I said, "Hey, David Howard Thorne's got a new movie." I oh. hear nothing in the chat. <laughs> we were already the on our way to see The next thing I hear in the chat, yeah. Is that y'all saw the goddamn movie? Just reply to the chat. We were already on the way. Reply to the chat. You're going it's, to the movie. It's hard to do when you're. Fuck you. You had 19 no, hours. No, If this isn't you, no. One hand a lube. One hand of a. I'm just saying. A roller. What do you do? Grinder. Lube, please. I go all natural. <laughs> no, no. We are. It's like sandpaper. We are a couple there. of people who are late to everything. Now juggling a small life. So we are trying to be on top of everything. Don't use that as an excuse. No, no. If, you live your life. That's why you're late. Okay. Well, th- no, that's fine. I'm just saying we're doing it even more now. So whenever I can't respond, it's because I can't. So we got in there and I'm like, I'm but not you set the you. precedent of having the worst communication known to man. That's fine. I, I was trying to do better today. I'm just saying. It anyway, felt like a movie cuck. It also felt like you wouldn't have went anyway. I'm just saying. Actually, you were at work. What the fuck are we even talking about this for? Because y'all went to a four o'clock show. You were at work. I could leave at any time. Oh, my God. That's true. So, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, your cousin was performing. And again, by his cousin, I mean, uh, how do you say his name? David Howard Thornton? Those are all very standard names. Um, I just, the order. Yeah. Sometimes I say David Thornton Howard. Yes, all right, that's fair. Um, that's not fair. Or as you probably know him as Art the Clown. Or as Cuz, as I call him. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, he's playing not the Grinch. Yeah, right. As uh, we are tiptoeing around an IP lawsuit. <laughs> and um, it's kind of funny. It gets really old. The movie tries to be self-aware. Uh, it's not funny. Th- then it turns into like this trauma thing where it's like, hey, we're laughing at ourselves," And it's like, this isn't working. Um, your cousin, though. He's great. Um, he doesn't talk. And I'm like, dude. At all? He's the man of 100 voices or whatever, yeah. right? And it's like, Oksana swears that they'd have to pay him more if he was going to talk. So it's yeah. like. Isn't that a like a union thing? Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. but I don't know. I mean, yeah, if it depends. I mean, how much screen time he's got. Um, Not enough. So I'm going to boil this movie down. Um, it's very holiday forward. So if you're looking for Christmas lights, Christmas tree. Uh, it actually plays a part in the plot as the Grinch, which they don't call him. And they try to be very hilarious with it. One time they're at a bar and um, our, uh, there's a death curse character is talking to our lead who Terrell swore was a pro wrestler. No, she's a stunt woman. She's pretty good in it too. But he mentions the mean one. They call him Mr. And instead of Grinch, a bartender walks over and goes, Hinch, there's a Mr. Hinch here. And it's like, oh my God. Like I'm cringing thinking about it again, and there's there's a little bit of this. That's fucking cool, dude. dude. It's so stupid. Uh, I'm gonna now. I know people listening right now. If you're hanging in right now, thank you. This is a five hour show. I understand. You're not gonna watch this movie. Um, so I'm just gonna give you the parts of it I thought were interesting. The Grinch is a serial killer who shows up if you have Christmas decorations in your house. So if you put up um Christmas a Christmas tree or lights. Thanks, Oksana. We're dead. Uh, he'll show up and kill you. Um, also, the Grinch is Bigfoot. He lives in a mountain that is CG'd into the background. It is a, uh, it's literally the Grinch Mountain from like Hoosville. Also, the town. God, all the Grinch shit is so cringy. But uh, our lead actress hikes up to the mountain 
and she falls into a hole where there's a bunch of bodies and wallets. Literally, there's dead bodies and a mountain of wallets. Hell yeah. She takes a wallet, tries to get the police involved. They don't want to get involved because there's a conspiracy. I won't ruin that for you, but I will tell you, (laughs) they find evidence of photos of the Grinch. uh, Very um, Patterson-Gimley style. Patterson-Gimlin. Gimlin. Patterson-Gimlin. Yeah, what did I say? Gimley. Gimley, yeah. Oh, that's a dwarf. (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Um, Yeah, they do this Bigfoot thing, and it's confusing and dumb. Highlight of the movie, the decorations thing. There's there's a couple of very interesting things that happen that are unsaid. Like they never they never lampshade it. The in the beginning of the movie when the our lead is revisiting her hometown, which she left because her mother was murdered by the Grinch. Mm. Uh, she comes back with her dad, who was uh, also murdered by the Grinch shortly after. Mm-hmm. But they're driving in with those annoying reindeer antlers that you put on your car, and they get pulled over. And a cop who uh, she falls in love with says, "Oh, you got to take those off. They're not allowed in town." And she's like, "Why?" And he's like, oh, uh, they say it um, uh, creates uh, hazardous driving. So I don't I don't know why I'm new here. They never say anything. But later on through the movie, if your brain is still active, you might think back and be like, oh, it's because the Grinch would show up and kill you. So I like that kind of storytelling. So another thing they don't mention is where she got a a candy cane colored shotgun. Oh, yeah. Which she pulls out of nowhere. She also has a Glock that's a candy cane Glock. She also put a knife in a fake Christmas present to surprise the Grinch with. And it's kind of interesting when you're like, oh, I get it. Because it's like bait for him. But it's a shotgun. So you can shoot him. That's about it. This movie was uh, not very fun. Although there was a um, SantaCon bus that showed up to a diner where one lady was working. She was uh, sexually harassed by most of the Santas. You know, I kind of appreciate that because I hate SantaCon too. Yeah. Um, one character Ugh. is a inflatable Christmas tree who I was actually kind of into. I'm like, oh, I'm into that. He, he fucking vanishes. Visual mise-en-scene. I don't know where the fuck he went. He just doesn't show up. At one point in the massacre, he comes out and gets deflated and murdered. And I felt a little gypped. Um, I guess don't watch it. <laughs> well, he also never talks in you know any of the Terrifier movies. Yeah, the Gr- also he looks he's he but, even, you, but the Grinch should talk, right? Here's the thing: there's a lot of homage in here. There's a VO that's doing the kind of like I'm a rhymy Dr. Seuss character. Also, the uh there's a death curse guy, his name is Zeus, and they're like, like the god. You're like, yeah, and they're like, all right, whatever, Dr. Zeus. And you're like, oh, kill me. That's the movie. Um uh your boy David, your cousin, he does uh channel a little bit of um Jim Carrey. He does yeah. the jaw thing a little bit. He's having fun. Also, there are a hundred thousand gallons of CGI blood. The CGI in this movie mm. is almost sentient and trying to murder you. So it just feels a little rushed, maybe. It feels a little um I don't know. Like there's no heart in the film. Yeah. It feels kind of like if me, if everybody in this room and Randy on the other coast got together and like, hey, let's make a movie this weekend. And it's like, hey, we, we all kind of know how to do some stuff and we can have fun and we could tap in Adam Stillwell. He could be uh, Emily Eyeliner or whatever. Pass. And then we just shoot it and we make it. And we're like, we had fun. And then everything I've ever heard of film production is if the cast is having fun, the movie's not usually very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what we got here. Well, I don't know. I heard everyone on Schindler's List had a ball. <laughs> 
But again, we saw it with Terrell, so we had fun out there. But I think the other five people in the audience in this very large theater, I don't think they were too into us. Although one, there was one moment where our lead character has a bunch of weaponry together, and then her her like deputy Dewey sidekick is like, "What are you doing? Invading France?" And one dude gave that a belly laugh, and me and Troy were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and uh, it, it's a pretty good joke. It's fucking stupid. All right, main one. How many stars? Five sounds like. I think, Oksana, you got a guess. Three. Yeah, I think I'm going. Three. Oh boy, maybe two and a half. <laughs> if you're, if it wasn't a family member in this movie, yeah, I'd be more like it's a two and a half. Two and a half. I know. I had fun with. It's a three. I'm gonna forget about three. it. We three men of Orient are. Oh, also, uh, shout out to um, Letterboxd, who one of the top reviews of this movie is. You'll never guess where the director's from. And it's like, that's a weird comment that has a lot of likes. You look him up on IMDb, he's written like every Disney sequel. So like Lion King 2. This guy? Yeah. Oh, it, boy. It's funny because the worst part of this movie was the writing. Yeah. Clearly. Like, it was painful. Money, 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 money. Yeah, but I, honestly, I think it might have been a passion project. <laughs> it has that feel. Passion, 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 passion. But he's like a weird uncle. With no money. Yeah, there you go. All right, we did it. Episode 394 in the books. Next week, 395. Randy, put it in post. Let me hear little jingle bells. Let me hear Let me hear them little jingles. Want to hear some jingles. Next week, Christmas week. Do we know what we're going to do? Maybe. No. <laughs> I've been told maybe a little <laughs> tournament of holiday. Horror. Oh, my God. Maybe a little gift exchange. That's our two options. What do you want for next week? Who are you asking? Everyone in this room. Oksana. Gift exchange or holiday horror uh, tournament breakdown extravaganza? The second one. Oh, very interesting. Holiday horror. Are you looking at me now? Yes, that's No, it should be Randy next. Randy, you're next. Uh, even though I don't know much about it, I'm going to say holiday horror because it sounds like it would be too complicated to organize a gift exchange in less than seven days. <laughs> I already already had that mapped out in my head. It was is a good idea. Everyone just order Amazon, ship it over there. It's done. Boom. Yeah, it's the holidays though. You know, shipping might not be as quick. I, Randy, I gotta, I gotta cut. There are parameters. All right, my turn. Yes. I'm going to side with our producers because they're the brains behind the show. Every time we go off script, every time Clark makes a uh, blue collar comment, it's all written by these two. Well, you know, I love me some Bill Engvall. So here's the thing. I'm going to say uh, the holiday Smackdown tournament, which you're going to forget about immediately. When no, we're done no, because now, now y'all gave me homework. Now I got to no, figure no, this no. shit out. Because as uh, the showrunner, we all know that your vote counts as four. So if you want to change this, you can. No, we're doing holiday horror. All right. We're doing holiday horror. Oh, God. I was going to vote that anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> then why have you been talking about a gift exchange for a month? Because I just thought of the holiday horror oh thing. Oh, my God. Okay. And see, that's how my brain works, baby. All right. You're planning, you're planning, you're planning, but sometimes life. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. All right. So tune in next week where apparently we're gonna do a bracket of all JR. I have no idea what any of that is going to look like or mean. Hopefully we can get it done in ten minutes. We won't. <laughs> but we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>